But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. I'm your host, Cody Ryan, with my co-host as always, Bobby Generate. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing good. I was trying to figure out, your desk is like a little more bare than usual. I was trying to figure out what what you're going to go to for my name there. Yeah, I went off of uh, just Audacity um, tabs that you can click. Bobby Audacity would be kind of tight as a name. Yeah, I thought about that one and then struck it immediately because I thought it would be too cool. Uh, how you doing, Bobby? I haven't, I haven't seen you since the last live podcast. <laughs> if you, it's so funny to call it a live podcast as if like that's how it's changed for us is that now that, um, you know, a live podcast we did one before was in a museum and now a live podcast is back in our homes. Yeah, it's baby steps. Uh, baby steps back to bringing live back to being live, you know? Yeah. We'll get it. I just had to fix my computer monitors. I didn't even realize we're going in the wrong direction. Great start. All happening while the podcast is recording. That's the magic of being an engineer, which I'm not. Anyway, uh, Bobby and I are here uh, talking about something that doesn't necessarily apply to us in any sense. Um, sports. Yes. Uh, no, but we're going to talk specifically today about some things that relate, you know, kind of on a global level and then also kind of just personal levels. And we're going to be... Con- Pairing and contrasting two stories that are taking over the sports world in very different ways and are definitely off the field, but are definitely dealing with the issue of sexism and a little bit of, well, quite a bit of racism in one case and another one, the subtext is racism. And it's kind of an interesting story, too, because when you look at the two cases we're going to talk about today, they are very much in different directions. So... Bobby, do you want to give us, just maybe you can do one of them, I'll do the other one, give us a preview of uh, one of the two stories we're going to be talking about today. I'm sure everybody knows what we're talking about. But Sure. Um, the first one is, it was a big deal on Twitter, mostly last week. It was after the U.S. championship uh, track meet, I think. Um, the runner, Shikari Richardson, uh, who's a U.S. sprinter, a black woman, um, and she's a, a star. She's colorful personality, colorful hair, you know, uh, the, the sort of personality that ha- that you have to have to set you apart when your sport is you just run, uh, and which you can't do with really that much particular flair. Um, she, after that event, tested positive for marijuana, and they said that the amount that they found in her system uh, was such that they would say it had been smoked within the last 24 to 48 hours um, or within the time that she was running the competition. Uh, which you wouldn't think that that would matter necessarily, uh, but a lot of the people coming out with the unpopular opinion that what she did was actually bad, um, you know, brought up that little piece of context. So other context for that is that apparently she was told by a journalist that her mother died and she was using, you know, smoking weed to cope with that fact, help sleep, help ease her anxiety. Um, another story that is not as much what we're going to be talking about because I don't think that we have enough knowledge about the subject to talk about it as much was, uh, the story of Christine Obama, Christine Obama from Christine Obama, Christine Obama from Namibia, um, who is a 400 meter runner. And she was banned from Olympic competition for testing high for testosterone, uh, which everyone agrees was she just has naturally high testosterone. But because of rules put in place um, by, I don't know if it's the Olympic Track and Field Committee or just like sort of a general international consensus of the track IOC. and field. IOC! Whatever it is. 
because of rules put in place specifically to keep South African sprinter Caster Semenya from running, uh, who also has you know naturally high testosterone. Uh, spoiler alert: not an uncommon thing among athletes of either gender, uh, or of any gender, I should say. Because of rules put in place specifically to keep her from running the hundred meter dash, she was not allowed to run the four hundred meter dash because that testosterone makes her, for track and field purposes, not a female. However, she is allowed to run the 200-meter dash um, because, like I said, these rules were literally put in place for Caster Semenya. And now there's just blowback because, wow, other women also sometimes have high testosterone when they're naturally strong and fast. Women be having up levels of things you wouldn't expect to find in women because you're an Olympic douchebag. Anyway, this um, of course, and this is why we're not going to get as into this story intersects with, um, arguments about trans women, um, competing against cis women in sports. Um, it's something that people pretend to care about, but don't actually care about because the people that pretend to care about this don't care about women's sports. Um, and I've done a little bit of reading on the subject, which Bob, is interesting. Bobby's done some reading, guys. But again, this is a touchy subject, and I'm not, I don't think that I'm nearly educated enough to speak intelligently on it. This, as Cody said, these, both of the stories, and this is like a sub-story of story one. So all of the stories we're talking about have like a an element of sexism and racism involved. And... I think that this one is, of the two track and field ones, the most explicitly uh, racist because I think that these rules only get in place really for uh, women who, or for black women who are extraordinary in their fields and it scares white people. Yeah. Another example being the Simone Biles thing from that I talked about on our podcast with Swelly, I think. Yeah, and I think uh, both stories have subcontext. Uh, both stories definitely have victims that are not being um, lifted to the level that you would expect. Um, and I'm going to tell you the other side of the story. So Bobby started with the story of Shikari Richardson. And as we're doing this podcast, I am actually enjoying some marijuana. I'll admit it on the podcast. I, it's legal for me here in Pennsylvania. It's medical. And in many states, it's legal. I believe the state that she did it in, it was legal, but you can check me on that if that's not true or not. Um, but that's something that's starting to really bother me. And, you know, somebody was joking about how, like, Joe Biden, you know, like, oh, they're the rules. And they're like, well, if you look at the full context, it's like, well, he's full context could federally unban it right now and she could run. I don't know and, if that's and, the case, though. I don't but think it, he'll But even, either way, like, whether that's true or not, like... It's just, it, it underscores a different point, though, is that, is marijuana really the problem? Now, let's flip to the other side. Let's talk about someone that, no one's going to be surprised when I bring this up when I say it's the second uh, person we're talking about today, Rachel Nichols. Again, neither Bobby or I can go through uh, the experience that either one of these women went through, but Rachel Nichols' story, uh, at least at the beginning, starts very... Uh, relatable and just gets weirder and wilder as you open it up so me and bobby we're having like a glass of wine i'm not saying rachel was drinking or anything like that but let's much say, like the women we're talking about it's bold beautiful and dark yeah no but picture yourself in a hotel room maybe you were at a bar maybe you had some wine by yourself you're bored but you're frustrated something will happen at your job that you think you deserve um didn't go the way you want now, that happens to a lot of us, and sometimes we even think we deserve things we don't. That's true. Then the story takes kind of a twist, where she goes out and she contacts someone. It's someone that she's contacting, actually, to get access to Rich Paul, so she can get interviews with AD, I believe was the um, actual target, but usually it's LeBron. Um, so this is actually a business contact of her. But it's also a mentor to her. So in that story, she starts confiding, you know, some things that she's frustrated at work. And that's where it starts getting a little bit darker. Rachel Nichols starts talking about sexism in a way <laughs> that is kind of uh, dismissive of what's really happening here. She wanted the NBA Finals as the, you know, I guess they call it like top desk or whatever, like I don't know, host? 
Yeah. Like the host like of the NBA Finals? Like the host of the studio show. For the yeah. NBA and it was it, is it Maria Taylor? Yes. Yeah, Maria Taylor was given this uh, duty. And, you know, you could say like, okay, well, at least it went to, you know, a female who's doing a great job and she's a, a woman of color and like she's killing it. And Rachel is using this, you know, uh, language that is saying, you know, like, oh, I've worked so hard and now they're ripping it away from me and kind of making herself the victim. And then it takes even more turns, especially as the mentor says, well, between Me Too and Black Lives Matter, I've had enough. And Rachel kind of laughs him off. Which Rachel is like maybe the most prominent ESPN uh, woman at ESPN as a journalist since Aaron Andrews, uh, who, as everyone knows, was like filmed through a peephole and the like video was put out all over the internet. So like for for the next woman in that sort of role of prominence to laugh off someone saying, well, between me too and Black Lives Matter, as though, as if either of those things are like, as if he's the victim for like having to read about it or hear about it and not like, you know, other women are victims and, you know, black people have been victims for uh, centuries, if not millennia. Yeah. And, you know, there's even... Someone who uh, said on Twitter that, you know, Rachel Nichols has been the one who's kind of raised the whistle or caused criticism on people when people forget as soon as even sometimes tragedy strikes. Players dying and bringing up past rape allegations and things such as that. So to even say, oh, that's not really fair to put on her, it's kind of out of character for her in a sense. And... You know, even give her the benefit of the doubt that, oh, that's an awkward moment in the conversation. It still just doesn't feel like she gets it even when she apologizes, though. Yeah, like, I'm sure that me and you and anyone listening to this has laughed off, you know, something like that. with someone that we have some sort of relationship with because we don't want to make it awkward. Sometimes you should make it awkward, but and in, your instinct, as mine is often, is let's right, let's let's just not talk about that uh, the the two of us because there's no that's not going to go anywhere good. So that may have been the case with her, and you can have qualms with it. I am a little whatever. I'm a white guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little more willing to be forgiving on that. Say about you can say about me what you will. Yeah, uh, that's fine. But as Cody was saying, that part of the issue is that when she apologized, Cody. Yeah, it it was once again kind of this. Well, I'm like a victim too, and she even said, you know, I I in no way want to take away from Maria Taylor, but there was this this focus on she was caught recorded. And it kept coming up. It was I mentioned an apology, I think, directly. But it was the spin of it all. That it was like the people who were actually punished were the people that, you know, took the recording and distributed it. So Rachel's apology, though, doesn't even go far enough to address the fact that she caused internal turmoil... And just generally wasn't a good team player, as there's a joke that Waj said in the leaked email. But if you did this kind of stuff at your job, and you thought you could explain it away in less than a three-minute segment, where you name the most wrong person, like, once or twice, and you don't mention all these other people who actually got suspended with jobs that mean more on the line for them, because, you know, they're not famous, and couldn't, you know, switch to a rival that might forgive it. Rachel Nichols would get $50 million from Barstool Sports. I mean, Fox Sports would bid her up, too. I mean, Fox Sports doesn't care. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, this is not, if she loses her job, it's not going to, it's not really going to affect her life that much. She's going to get a bag somewhere, and she would get more of a bag from somewhere that would use the grievance, use her as a shield while, you know, continuing to have those same grievances that she has behind the scenes up front in the headlines. Yeah. 
So that's where I really want to level set today's episode. And I, I'm glad we actually got really in depth with each story before we even did that. Where when you look at Shikari Richardson's story, what you have is very clear rules, but the logic just doesn't quite add up and doesn't make sense. Where when you look on Rachel Nichols' side, there's no real way to say she broke, you know, a specific rule. Maybe there's some HR guidelines. But the reality is when you just think about in the end what the product was, Rachel Nichols did something wrong. So today we're going to try to unwrap that, at knowing very well we have certain limitations as white men that we cannot unwrap, but try to understand the mental impact that also has on the downstream of the other people we don't consider when we talk about stories like these. And I think we're talking about stories where people are making themselves victims that there are many other victims that are lying silently to the sidelines. Yeah, the first person I want to talk about is Maria Taylor, because um, this could easily become the headliner uh, of her entire career. She could have you been know, the this, ESPN's biggest star, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, she was killing the finals, but, like, it yeah. got messy. This could be, you know, in line one of her obituary. Maria Taylor, who hosted uh, the NBA Finals on ESPN uh, before being at the center of a, um, you know... Center of a controversial storm after Rachel Nichols implied that it was because of her race, whatever, like, died today. <laughs> That's how obituaries go. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is, rather than being allowed to continue her career on the great trajectory, trajectory that she was on and um, be able to continue, you know, getting accolades and succeeding on her own merits, now... This is the main thing most people, a lot of people will know her for. And also a lot of people will question, you know, well, maybe, maybe that is why. A lot of those people probably already were, because as I've <laughs> mentioned, a lot of people suck and would do that anyway because they want to discredit women and people of color. Um, but, you know, this is something that could very easily follow her um, and weigh her down, if not fully pro- professionally, then, you know, in her own mind and in the minds of the people watching her. And let's, you know, take devil's advocate, cynical asshole route. It still doesn't look any better for her. Let's say, you know, it didn't affect her career in the long run. It was just a weird blip that is really more Rachel Nichols. But that's the point here. This story is a Rachel Nichols story. It's not a Maria Taylor story. But it's also a Rachel Nichols is discrediting Maria Taylor story. Exactly. But that's the thing, though. She's a secondary character, the main victim and is going to be relevant in this storm as long as Rachel keeps it relevant. So she has no control on the spin of something that is just so stupid. And I want to say, I don't use that word like a lot, like in terms of like any seriousness, but here it is very stupid to me what Rachel Nichols did because, you know, I, I even saw a thing. It was like, that really upset me was, um, Amin. Amin scared the shit out of me. Amin sucks ass. Fuck He's that scaring dude. the shit out of me now, though. He said he wants to hunt down the person who got the recording. But here's the thing. Rachel recorded it. As far as we know, Rachel screwed up and recorded and uploaded herself to a server. Now, maybe she did that on purpose. I don't buy that. I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories. I don't think she was hacked and somebody somehow turned on this like video camera or something like that. I think she legitimately did an interview, accidentally left it on, it all gets like uploaded to a server because she's not an editor or anything like that. She did it herself. And yet somebody got suspended two weeks for downloading that and distributing it. But that person was offended. So there's, there's victim number one in terms of direct impact of the story, but at the end of the day, it's Maria Taylor, and it just all just came back to Rachel Nichols and what she could do to save this, and I don't even know where Maria Taylor is now. No, I don't either. I haven't heard... I mean, and this is the entire thing we're talking about. Neither of us, like, really knows what she's doing right now, but we <laughs> we know every move that Rachel Nichols has made. In, in the, the biggest, worst irony of it is that Rachel Nichols, in that... Um, phone call you know she uh, decries diversity she's like you know i work so hard to get everything that i want but diversity you know forced diversity she took them both out she took out her rival because she stomped her feet 
and now she got caught and it looks bad for uh you know bobby you were talking um to a good degree of just like you know stereotypes and how people have you know hatred as is you know people are going to be like oh yeah like Remember when Rachel Nichols did that stuff? That's why you don't let, you know, women talk about sports. It has nothing to do with that. But now there's two of the best sports reporters, and I will not even talk down what Rachel Nichols did. I respect her career. I loved what she did, and it was awesome. But she crossed a line that she could not cross back for me and a lot of people. And it is baffling to me that she keeps going in front of cameras and talking. I mean, that's what her job is. She's, she knows that she's good at going in front of cameras and talking and getting people to like her. So, like, I don't know what... If you're, uh, if you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? Yeah, and I, I guess that's really... I don't understand why ESPN keeps letting her do that. Yeah. Which is a completely different thing. Why is she not uh, suspended or let go, even? I'm a little reticent on that, but she should definitely not be in front of cameras right now. And yet they're just letting her go out there and shoot herself in the foot by, like, being seemingly completely without remorse. Yeah. And I, I think the hardest comments for me were um, from Jamel Hill because they were the most valid and yet at the same time the hardest to really um, apply, like, reconcile with the story, I guess I would say. She was talking about this is the culture that ESPN management built. And I agree with her. I mean, she she's the one who's seen it the worst. I mean, she must know. But there's just something about it that you can't just say it's ESPN. Something has to be the accountability of Rachel Nichols. And then to some degree, this episode's all about accountability. And that's what really upset me about this line with, like, a mean to Rachel, to the, you know, guy nobody cares to even remember the name of, but the mentor dude. Um, it's, where, uh, it's... Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. Where it's like, Amin talks about, oh, Rachel did all these great things for my career. She's not racist. No way to disparage Maria Taylor. And I'm like, well, again, Amin, no matter what happened, racism or not, she did a very unprofessional thing. And we know that. Amin a fucking bitch. All he ever (laughs) talks about is how his cousin knows J. Cole. How he was in the Phoenix front office when they almost drafted Steph Curry and didn't. And he also called a girl that I know on Twitter a cunt when she was 16. Wow. So, fuck that dude. Terrible resume. Horny little motherfucker. Uh, fuck off. Yeah. So, fuck uh, Amin. And Amin's, you know, saying, no way to, you know, say I'm Rachel. But, you know, he, he just disregarded. He's saying, like, I'm not going to disregard what Rachel did, but he does. And then Rachel, she hears the Me Too BLM thing. And we're like, well, maybe... But she disregards that, too. And it's like, those are three people now. Two of them do not work at ESPN. One used to. One still does, which is Rachel. But you can't say that's ESPN's culture, that nobody says shit when bad people say things. Like, that, that's, that's people making decisions. Because Rachel didn't need to make the phone call to that person and still talk past getting an AD interview. But she chose to. Yeah, the, it's... So this um, conversation that Cody's talking about is on uh, Dan Lebetard's show. Uh, it's with Jamel Hill and uh, little fuckboy bitch Amin El Hassan. And Jamel, who I don't particularly like, honestly, but she was at ESPN and got a raw deal for the wrong reasons <laughs> for saying stuff that's true as opposed to the right reasons of like not being that great of a reporter or whatever. She got let go. She has a reason to have a gripe against ESPN. Lebetard show also has a reason to have a gripe against ESPN because he was punished for similar things to what Jamel was punished for. Uh, Amin is a fuckboy bitch and he has no reason to have ill will against anyone except himself. But these people are, as Cody is saying, you know, putting the onus on ESPN for the culture that's created there instead of Rachel Nichols. Whereas Jamel has been a victim of the culture there. It's like, why are you, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be both. It can be Rachel yeah. said something bad. She was able to get away with it because of the culture there. And also, like, those feelings might have been festering because of the culture there. It can be everyone's fault. But I, I think I guess I have an 
an I, agenda against ESPN, which again is understandable. And, and that's what I've an agenda been told. to stand up for their friend, which is also understandable. But they're wrong, and just don't don't do it. You don't have to do it. And it, it's this funny thing because it's like it's this idea of oh we need to um, fix the system, but we're not going to cure the poison along the way, as if that's not a problem. I'm not saying let's cancel Rachel Nichols, let's fire, let's, you know, a third of the wolves. What I'm just saying, though, is Jamil's comments ring hollow because it's like saying, oh, ESPN's management has created this culture. Okay, well, let's change ESPN's management. How are you reconciling Rachel Nichols back into this new world then? Or are you keeping in place a lot of parameters that are really just going to create new situation like Rachel's. It's kind of ridiculous to be looking at one problem and go, let me look at the bigger problem, but say, I'm not going to ever even address that one. Yeah. If you have a cough and it's caused by pneumonia, you don't just treat them in pneumonia and keep coughing until it's gone. Like you can treat both symptom and disease. And we both know what ESPN is going to do. Yeah. They're going to do diversity trainings that everyone puts on their second screen while paying attention to something else with the sound off and clicks through. And it's not going to do anything. And they're going to say, you know, we did it. And, uh, you know, go to HR. Uh, but also, we're definitely going to retaliate against you if you do go to HR. So Why? don't do that. Adrian Wojnarowski is going to be clicking through quickly so you can tweet all the slides before people get there. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, break the news on the diversity training. Breaking. What is a microaggression? Yeah. I do really love, though, the, the leaked email. Just watch. She's not a good team player. Watch is like, why are you giving me any scoops? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically all he's saying. Well, Woj is a legend forever for telling, uh, who was it, Stephen King from Iowa to fuck himself? <laughs> no, he told, um... Or was it Josh Hawley? Josh Hawley. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if, f- f- fuck you. Fuck yourself. Yeah, something like that. And Josh Hawley got all butter. All right. Well, I mean, the Rachel Nichols thing, I think there's there's so much still going on with it. There's still details coming out. There's lies. There's rumors. There's a lot to be reconciled. So by the time we even release this episode, there's probably going to be more developments. But, you know, again, we're white males. We'll, we'll let the sleeping dogs lie on this one and let it play out. But so far, I think a lot of people, if not most, would agree ESPN has botched this so far. Yeah. So what we want you to do is... Tweet at Rachel Nichols and say hashtag resign cunt and then no. add, and then at Neurotica the pod. Oh my god! If we get banned from anything, it's probably for the best. Anyway, um, I'm not gonna edit that. Never. Hashtag resign cunt in a British accent though. Just tweet so that at bad. me. I don't really care anymore. Anyway, um, let's move to the other story because that's all I can really think of after what you just did. I don't um, think she is that word. But the listeners do, and that's why... What listeners specifically are you attributing that to? All of them. All all of them? Yes, except me. It was one of them. Why do you want them to tag the podcast? How's that going to help? It'll stir up some drama. Any, you know, any publicity is good publicity. I don't think that's... Okay. Um, Had you ever heard of Red Scare until people started complaining about it? What's Red Scare? Bad example. What about come town? Good, good example. Anyway, um, yeah, let's let's move on to the other story here, where it's a little bit, I think, easier for us to say our emotions on it. But I'm really going to challenge us to try to to genuinely hold back and try to justify the reasons why this is okay for like two minutes. You got two minutes in you. About why it's okay? Just, like, even, like, indifference about the, the subject while I explain it a little bit more. Well, what I will say is that... Nope, we didn't make it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't quite sure what you were asking for. I just wanted two minutes of unbiased journalism. Okay, no. I yeah, I don't that. think it's going to happen. <laughs> so, what I will say is I was just talking about treating symptoms and disease. Or, yeah... Symptom and disease, uh, in Rachel Nichols' case. And I'm going to uh, do a complete 180 on that here, because uh, I think that the the symptom of Rachel Nichols in whatever ESPN or sports media's toxic culture, uh, the behavior is still bad and can be reprimanded. Whereas I think that 
the people that say, you know, if if you're training this much for the Olympics once every four years, you just got to put the weed down a little bit. Like have have some self control, do the smart thing, put the weed down. Um, and there is an aspect of you know she did break the rules. It's cut and dry that she broke the rules. The difference here is that what she did was in no way bad. In no in, like there's there's no defense where you can say that smoking weed is bad. Whereas you can say that saying that someone got your job because they're black is bad. So in this case, it's the symptom isn't even a symptom. It's just like a fucking coincidence almost. And so what you do have to focus on is the disease, which Cody wants to get into the Richard Nixon of it all. Um, Like she didn't, she didn't do anything wrong. It's an arbitrary rule. It doesn't, hurt anyone except people have said maybe herself because of whatever smoke does to your lungs like the only reason to care is a completely arbitrary morality that in this case was legislated um into law in the united states and then across the board in um international athletic competitions yeah so i i actually have a lot of thoughts on this and i i have trouble even organizing them because we had a teacher because you uh, smoke weed yeah I smoked a lot of weed no but we had this teacher who um he was a part of a lot of the olympic uh planning committees for america for when they you know would fit for the olympics and he's done advisory work for other countries but basically he knows the ioc like you know up and down which is the international olympic committee and would teach us about it and you know a lot of that stuff comes from the ioc you know a lot of these rulings and uh things like that but each country has their own. So I'd imagine whatever rules there are, they're related to whatever the American IOC is. But I could be wrong. Maybe there's some other governing body. Maybe there's a track and field, like you said. Like, maybe it's just something that I couldn't identify. Here's what the reality is to me, though. One, time and place. Like you said, it's it's coincidental. She doesn't smoke weed for a few days, maybe even two days, because they said it's them out to, you know, or a day or two, two days, she's fine. Uh, you know, and that's one of those things for me where somebody said, you know, can, can you just give up the weed the night before and stuff like that? It's like, okay, but do you even care? Like, do you actually give a shit if I'm on weed, if this is just the window that you're now caring about it? It's like telling people to stop using plastic straws because of climate change. It's like, no, you know that that's not really what the issue is. Like, stop harping on personal responsibility when the issue is, like, the system at large. Yeah, so, one, right away, you're, you're like, okay, this is just so stupid in the sense of, like, hey, we caught them this time. But two, we had teachers at University of Delaware, when I was a sport management program, that would say things to us like, athlete takes steroids, should they get in the Hall of Fame? We debate, we debate, we debate. And a teacher would go, stop, and go, athlete takes steroids. Why do you care? I actually have an answer for that. And, and you, I, you can answer as much, yeah. I have changed my mind on this in yeah. recent years because I used to think, you know, I don't give a shit if they take steroids. Like, that's, that's them, and it makes for a more entertaining product. Like, make them take steroids, whatever. Right. The thing that's changed my mind on it is the fact that when people start doing steroids, it forces other people that normally wouldn't to do it to keep up. And so, like, you're – that actually isn't just affecting you and, like, whatever side effects steroids have. It has a downstream effect on other people, specifically the marginal people that wouldn't be able to make the league without them. And so – and a marginal effect on the people that still do not take them and then don't make the league and maybe would have if the other people had it. So – while I do think that, like, I don't care about steroids in baseball if literally everyone is doing them and everyone, 100% of people want to do them, that's fine. Go for it. Like, I, I love dingers and, you know, big boys, baby. But when it is, like it was in the 80s and 90s, when it's a lot of people are doing it, but, like, it's then forcing other people to do it because they have to keep up, that's when I have an issue with it. And that's why... 
I think that people should get into the Hall of Fame if they did steroids because they're still fucking great and they would probably be Hall of Famers even if they didn't do it. Um, but I do not really want them to become prevalent again because I don't want people that wouldn't do them to have to. Can I uh, tell you something? Are you aware that most of the players in the steroids area broke no rules? Yeah. No, that's... I mean, I'm not really a rules guy. There was there was no uh, banning of substances based on uh, performance enhancing at the time. They were really cracking down on cocaine. Uh, so most of the guys that you know of, like the Mark McGuire's of the world, who were later uh, tarnished by the use of steroid use, broke absolutely zero MLB rules. They were suspended for zero games. All of their punishment came post end of career or end, towards the end of career and mostly legacy tarnishment. Yeah. And like I said, I, the rules aren't really what I care about in, in this discussion exactly. as much. But what you just explained is exactly it. The, MLB didn't introduce the rules slowly as a, hey, look, guys, you can't force people to take steroids because it's a health risk, things like that. Those are the real reasons. They said, this is cheating Everybody's agreed to cheating forever. We're putting a rule in now, and if you did it before, you're a cheater. Yeah, they did it because we look bad now. Yeah, so now and we have to crack down, even though we, uh, you know, reap the financial benefits of it. Yeah, and maybe it was an unwritten rule. But what you described is the biggest thing: was it's going to cause a lot of people to have to put more chemical in their body, right? So let's switch to marijuana. Let's try to make the same argument. Precisely. Let's. Let's go with maybe the one that uh, Manny Galacho did before his apology video, which I couldn't even cringe to watch, um, where he did research about weed and racism. Good for him. Uh, he said, it also makes you not be worse. So when you have anxiety and you smoke, um, you know, you're not as uh, worried on game day. Dude, nobody is like asking for anxiety and honestly it's probably going to make you a little bit more chipper for a race than whatever relaxation or smoking weed but this is just complete bullshit because if it was my clonopin which is an anti-anxiety pill i take now he wouldn't have said anything because it's a, a prescription that is approved or whatever but it's weed and it's, it's not medical for because it was just legal in the state she was in but it's a federal ban she is banned from the Olympics. Yeah, and also he was... I mean, the reason that everyone was making fun of him so much is that he was implying that she, like, hit a bull at the starting line. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know, it's it's dangerous to do it if you're throwing a javelin. Yeah. Like, if people are, like, smoking a dab and, like, fucking shish kebabbing a family in, in the stands. Yeah. Which is honestly a hilarious... I could see that being, like, a very funny, like, Simpsons bit. Yeah, I saw somebody applauding him, like, Here, here's exactly what it looks like when somebody smokes in those javelins. Somebody throws, like, five feet and, like, walking away. Like, He's an idiot. Like, screw this. Is already hated him because he uh, hosted a, yeah. an episode of The Bachelor yeah. after the Chris Harrison thing went down, and he was just, like, horrible at it. Yeah, and I, I think it was just, you know... Again, it, it's one of those things where we're not trying to say, okay, well, she's she's the best runner, so we just want her to be cleared and, you know, to be able to do this. It's just that we know that she is out because of a federal ban in America. So when we get back into what Bobby called my Nixon era, my uh, so proud to say, even though he could just be lying to me because he knows I like to hear shit like this, uh, psych story where he was a psychologist you know, on a panel commissioned by Richard Nixon himself to basically, uh, you know, answer the question, is it safe to smoke weed? And every single psychologist on the panel said, you know, there are some effects, but for the most part, no more reason to be legal than alcohol. You know, basically all voted, yeah, make it legal. That report exists nowhere to this day because Richard Nixon probably shoved that directly up his asshole. Yeah, and it goes further back than that because the reason that the plant was banned in the first place was, you know, some some planter saw it as a uh, cheap alternative to a plant that he had a monopoly on to make rope with hemp. And so he stirred up a bunch of, like, racist nonsense, like, smoking jazz cigarettes will make your dames like, uh, you know, dark fellas. Oh, no. 
in the 20s. Yeah. And, you know, like I was saying, arbitrary morality, um, that, that stuck. And no one cared enough to do anything about it except, you know, a bunch of, like, legalize it hippie yeah. guys for the most part until... I'm no sorry. That's down. That's definitely downplaying a bunch of good activism that was done. But well, I want to. No talk one had, about that. No one at a really high up level um, cared to do anything about it until recently. I think, but though Nixon played a huge part in basically killing a movement because you know we talk about um, you know when he talked about weed, they said you know like I can't make being black legal, but I can make weed illegal. I believe that quote to be true because Richard Nixon is a terrible person and I've heard worse come out of his mouth, surprisingly. Um, but basically, we talk about that and we look at the, you know, the hippies and I, I was watching a lot of, you know, Trial of the Chicago 7 and stuff like that and the activism and all this love and stuff and all of a sudden, weed's illegal, it takes away a bonding thing for them to kind of turn to alcohol, which is a depressant, it takes away a little bit of that spirit, you know, stuff like that. All of a sudden, what happened to all the hippie love? Well, you could blame that, or you could just blame the fact that they, a lot of them grew up and got corporate jobs. And Well, yeah, <laughs> and I think that to a, a big degree that weed it wasn't going to save us, but there are stories that you hear, though, about the weed industry that was starting to grow very much like, you know, moonshine was becoming legitimate alcohol and also offshoot NASCAR, obviously, but like, it was becoming this big thing until it became just this illegal triangle in California. That was the Sasquatch uh, Hulu documentary I watched, which I highly recommend. It's a three-part series. Very fun. Um, they talk about potential Sasquatch attack. But, you know, they talk about how that just became, like, the three counties. But that's what happened was, you know, whether the hippie love or not, you know, dying off has anything to do with it. They had to make a transition because after a while, people... We're getting, A, their hands on some pretty heavy stuff to know that, you know, there's heavier stuff out there. But, B, they were smoking weed and saying, okay, this isn't that bad. So, what do you have to say? Well, you do that, you're going to do that. It's the gateway drug. Because you smoke some weed, you're like, well, this isn't that bad. But if there's even a 1% chance of doing heroin tomorrow, no! How much heroin have you done in your life, Bobby? Mm, zero. Yeah, I've only done like three. Three yeah. heroin. Yeah, and um, obviously the gateway drug thing, and we just have to say is it's weed's not a gateway drug. It's people that are more likely to do drugs are mo- most likely to do weed as well because it's easy and cheap to get your hands on. And it's, all- it's like a, it's a chicken egg thing that they've completely put in. No, it's not even a chicken egg thing. It's like a mother baby thing. It will, it's like it, there's a clear yeah. one that's first, but they're like, oh, all babies have a mother. Yeah. And it's also the, the slippery slope, you know, and people worry so much about, um, you know, you're going to smoke weed and then you're going to do this and stuff. But like, you know, nobody really considers the mental health aspect of why would you move from weed to cocaine? Do you, are you really looking for a better high? Oh, yes. Why are they looking for the high? You're asking the wrong questions. You're just saying they're, they're just going for a giant high. Well, a lot of people aren't going for a giant high. What went different you know like that's what the questions that were never being asked and people realized weed is one of the ones actually helping with a lot of the mental stuff so there's a push now i think that's going to get the momentum there's definitely people with the old school thought including governor of delaware who i hope hates me dearly now because i will remind everybody that uh delaware rock with oxycontin not rock with good weed isn't it weird that like you could say something like, oh, well, it's it's a performance-enhancing drug because it will, like, make you less anxious and maybe help you sleep better. But it's not like, isn't it an unfair disadvantage to have anxiety and sleep less? Yeah, I, and that's the thing, though, is it's not even that they're upset that that person got that advantage. It's how they got the advantage, too. Yeah, like Because that, there are ways that you could take CBD now, it's probably improved, or you could take certain teas and... It's not even what happened. It was how it happened. It wasn't even something huge. The only advantage maybe she got was that she was a little calmer at her mother's death and was able to sleep. Okay, how does that make her the fastest woman potentially alive? Because I saw that race of her in the 100 meters. And if 
somebody said it, but they were like, if you're supposed to be fast like that, like, I should have been time traveling by now. Like, <laughs> I think that was Doug Benson. Yeah. Yeah. But what I just said is like sort of the opposite of the um, Christine Obama. <laughs> Obama. I'm, I'm I'm saying this as a joke, which is bad because I'm not sure how to it's pronounce it. Mbama. Mbama. I believe. Mbama. Sorry. Either. Christine Mbama. Um, it's like, yeah, she has a natural advantage because she has naturally higher testosterone. That's just sort of how uh, sports work. Like LeBron James has a natural advantage for being like a six foot eight and as fast as Russell Westbrook and the like a genius. Like you can't completely level the playing field because yeah. we watch sports to watch the people who are not on our level. Yeah. So like giving and there's, you know, steroids is a, a I just went over why I'm not in favor of it, but like weed, if it makes you less anxious, like you're not that is not making anyone else do it, like Cody said. Like no, you're not forcing someone to be like, I should, I need to take weed for my anxiety now, just in case. Like, there's no downstream negative effect of it. Yeah, and I, I think you know when we talk about these athletes with testosterone too, is the, the Olympics have never been consistent about anything. It was supposed to be amateur competition, so if you were ever in the Olympics, you were not allowed to accept money. Now, Jim you, Thorpe, I think, was stripped of a bunch of medals for playing semi-pro baseball. Yeah, that actually happened. And then there were some rules of, like, you could make money at, like, the World Championships, or you could pick amateur versus professional, and there'd be certain degrees. And then it was just, oh, well, we need NBA players. And now it, it's such a blurred line that we're actually seeing for the first time ever one of the um, national men's basketball teams are actually rostering three women. Did you know that? No, I don't think I did. So Nigeria, I believe. It's the uh, Ogunike sisters. Uh, I believe that's the name. Um, they're stars in the WNBA, and they're going to be on the men's basketball team. So I love that, but it, it kind of does ask the question, well, why do we even have the men's and women's sports? Like, Would it make sense to maybe start having tier one tier two because we are moving to a genderless world of you know give people opportunities but you know we're, we're holding back people now from certain things but i i don't have the answers either i, I want to find a way but those sisters breaking that barrier seems so cool for me because they're finally proven like no you cannot say there were three men better than those girls they're that good they're, like, I believe one might be a teenager, but the others are in their young 20s, like, rookie of the year, MVPs, like, WNBA kind of stuff. I don't know as much about WNBA, so I'm just throwing it out, but they're not, it's not a mistake they made that roster. It's not a spectacle. It's not, so people look at their team. It gives them a better chance to win. Yeah, and I'm not really with you on, like, the idea of abolishing men's and women's sports, because um, there is a reason that they, you know, Try to keep the Castor Semenyas and Christine Mbamas out. Um, men, they do have an advantage in um, size and strength and speed. Um, I think I read something a while ago that like all the top men and women pro players said that Serena would be able to beat like the 100th ranked man consistently in tennis. Um, but I do think that... Hmm, I, I think that... Men's sports should be allowed to, you know, have women if it would give them the best chance. But I don't think that men should be allowed to compete against women. I, I mean, I think leagues. that's, it's a little restrictive and it's still, it's going to bother people. What I think really needs to happen is there always needs to be at least a, a mixed gender option or something because we're holding too many people back from their, their full abilities. And I, I want to talk about something that may seem like it's kind of a tangent here, but I'm going to definitely bring it back. So one of our teachers, probably the same one that was the one who always hangs out with the IOC or whatever, told us a story about he knew a guy who got invited to the Olympic um, reunions that they do. They like, do official reunions where Olympic people come, whether the medalists versus just people who were qualified. Well, he said, my friend's not actually even that much of an athlete. He's very athletic. 
So they asked them to be on the men's uh, handball team. And they were waxed out of the building. They came in complete last because the USA should not have a man's handball team. We are a country that can afford to have every single team, but there's literally no reason to. So this random dude got to go. That's not really the problem that I'm talking about. It's just that that's how the Olympics operates. When you're a big country, you have so much more power. So when we talk about one of our best runners being banned, I'm not buying for a second that the Olympics are behind this. I truly believe that something on the American Olympic side is saying good because they're seeing this kind of marijuana wave coming. And that could sound a little paranoid, but I mean, who do you think the American IOC or American Olympic Committee is more beholden to, the more conservative, you know, type of people or the more uh, progressive liberal? Hmm. From that perspective, I would say rather than the, um, you know, they're seeing this marijuana thing coming and they're not in favor of it, because I think that this would have an accelerationist effect more than anything and get people more riled up again about, you know, this is legal in the places it's not legal, it should be. And in sporting competition, it should be completely illegal. It's really fucking stupid that it's not. What I would say is that they saw this big personality and the colorful hair and stuff and said, you better fucking get in line. Yeah. I mean, else, either way. Or else this could happen again. Yeah. We don't care how fast you are. Yeah, and I, I think either way, that's, you know, either back-end racism of the subtext of what marijuana is or it's just front-end of we don't like your style and I wouldn't be shocked by that either I mean we didn't we have uh you know the concerns apparently of people kneeling at the, the podiums and stuff like she was gonna win and she was gonna do something at the podium I don't know what I don't know if it was gonna be necessarily you know so performative but I I kind of by your theory, though, that they were just worried about her being her at the Olympics. You know, it's not the days of Michael Phelps where, like, he's so crazy. Oh, my God, we caught him smoking a bong. But, I mean, that's a thing, too. He literally had video of him smoking a bong where it was his huge fan. He got, like, banned from, like, world champion for, like, two weeks or whatever, probably. Yeah. That's but about like, timing, but, again, like, the timing. Yeah. Even if it is complete coincidence, like, there's enough reason... Uh, given the way that everything is in this country to think that it's not. Yeah. And that is maybe more than anything the problem. And even for Michael Phelps, that boring white athlete, he was still exciting for the time and you're not going to convince me that weed helped him in any single way. His body was bit fit for the pool. He did things in there that you know nobody was able to do until Ryan Locke. He decided to just uh, eject his brain out for uh, space and speed. And even then, he was not as good. Yeah, he tried. I mean, he couldn't really <laughs> think about it, but he tried. He had like eight pounds less. He <laughs> yeah. didn't have a brain. He still couldn't beat him. He's like, oh, how did that not work? You got to front load it, Ryan. You should put more in there. Anyway. So uh, he couldn't think about that because yeah. he didn't have a brain. But yeah, I, so obviously these stories are, are still ongoing, but I definitely thought they were two ones I wanted to talk about because... There's so much mental behind it in terms of everybody in the sports world wants to talk about it, but the reality is that we're getting more and more time to see females in the spotlight uh, that we haven't seen in the past. And the reality is also kind of upsetting that they're being held to these high standards and pressures, and as much as I'm not going to forgive Rachel Nichols for what she did, it does make a pretty good point, though, that that's one less female reporter that we trust. And it's not because there's no trustworthy female reporters. It's because there's not that many female reporters. And that's upsetting. And the same way with, you know, Richardson, uh, I've never been that excited about the Olympics unless it's a specific kind of athlete. That's the one I would have watched. It's gone for me, but I hurt for more for her because I know how much this would have meant for her and she truly is the best and for it to be over something that I personally know has nothing to do with what went down. You know, that that hurts me, but 
you know, uh, I just personally, I'm anti-Olympics and people generally know that. Yeah, I uh, I agree with the sentiment, but I can't get there. I'm still going to watch them. But I did have an extremely dark thought the other day. Um, the European Soccer Championship, Euro 2020, even though it's 2021, uh, it's been ongoing for a couple of weeks now. And because it's all in Europe, all the games are at like noon and 3 p.m., which has been awesome. Because um, they're just on during the work day. I'm working from home. can do work and throw them on. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. But watching, like, the nationalism, the way people get behind, um, you know, their, their soccer team, it made me think that, like, well, one, the closest thing that we have to that um, in the tribalism of it in America is college football. People, like, lose their shit for college football. And... You know, there's just been scandal after scandal about the way that the men are allowed to treat the women um, or at Penn State, the way that the men are allowed to treat young boys with, and get away with it. Uh, Scott Frey. Yeah, you went to Penn State, right? I did. Yeah. I'm one of the good ones, though. Firm. And uh, the, the, the thing that gets our, you know, brings us together as a country, it's the sporting event to watch the most. Uh, I think it's probably like the women's gymnastic team who like are fucking awesome every year. They have Simone Biles, the best to ever do it. Um, so like that's every four years we go nuts for it. And then what is the story there? They allowed that Dr. Larry Nasser from Michigan state to systematically abuse the girls yeah. for decades and decades. So it's like, and this is not to say that stuff like this doesn't happen in other countries but it's just really dark that like it's just dark to think about the way that the most you know beloved um, across the nation athletes we just let them get abused and yeah. when we get tribal we just let the guys get away with anything yeah and I, I think the the biggest example of this ever was you know obviously the fox catcher ranch you know with the, the DuPont murder um, he was just insane and he just bought a bunch of wrestlers, in a sense. You know, he brought them to his uh, his farm, and he just wanted one of them to win gold and was pushing them like crazy. And then once his brain went, went out and shot one of them. And, you know, that might just be considered a bizarre accident, but where else could that happen? You know, it's it just America is the one place where you can just have a farm of wrestlers, which sounds hilarious, but at the same time is what maybe Russia but it's yeah, like you I, know, th- I it's think like that, that any any country that allows for people to you know get that much money and power could happen. Yeah, but I mean, I, I know it can happen in a couple of other countries, but just like that's what underscores the Olympics so much for me. It's just those little countries that could almost never do, and we get so excited when they do, and even when it's like miracle, which is one of the most amazing things that ever happened. We're still America. <laughs> like we're not like Slovenia beat you know uh, the former USSR Russia. You know, yeah, like that's that's not a story because it's an under. It's not like a legend because it's an underdog story. It's a legend because it's an underdog story, and it also gets to be America, and it also yeah. gets to be a Cold War victory. Like yeah. that's that is the the perfect storm that makes that you know the the beloved um, thing that it was. No Russian anyway. Um, so I, I think we've covered these topics, and I'm actually very excited, uh, you know, for some of the Olympic stuff that I, you know, I'm probably going to follow on Twitter, honestly, just because I know I'll get to see the best throws and runs and jumps and stuff like that. Probably won't watch too much on the TV. But, uh, Bobby, what are you looking for most during the Olympics, other than the gymnastics team? I know you said gymnastics. Are you going to watch the basketball team at all? Yeah, I think I will. I might um, tune in a few of those games. I don't love the roster this year, but it's not like an incredible roster. And so many of the other countries have like a couple good guys that, you know, will get to like have the spotlight in a way that they don't necessarily always get to, which is I'll probably watch the sisters play too, because that's definitely going to be groundbreaking. So yeah, I'll probably watch the women as well. But yeah, like whatever it was, um, Four years ago, when like Croatia was in, and it got to be like um, oh, that was cool. yeah. Bogdanovic and Dario were like their two big guys when they hadn't like made any impact in the NBA yet. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is really cool. Yeah, and unfortunately, Dario just tore his ACL, and 
we wish him a, a happy recovery, and we, I guess we're both priority for the Suns here. Yep. Uh, they have a game tomorrow, probably. Right? Uh, Who the fuck? Yeah. Win. Um, but yeah, going for the Suns. So if you're a Bucks fan, too bad you listen to 59 minutes. Um, Bobby, do you have anything you want to plug right now? Uh, I do not. All right. Well, then I'll just plug uh, my Twitch, Code Ran. Are you guys used to that name yet? Twitch.tv slash Code Ran. Go there. If you're listening to this the day this drops, I'm going to be opening up a Mario Golf Lobby. You can just jump in and play with me or watch me yell at strangers. Uh, other than that, Neurotica, I do this podcast. It's this. Um, yeah. What's the last word, Bobby? Fuck. <laughs>